G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Justin Marshall, first of all, Justin, I'm not sure if you picked up on that, but uh, if you did, that is terrible news for Tota Kefu and his family. Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Um, I absolutely did hear that news, and um, yeah, it makes you, geez, it's surreal when you hear something like that, isn't it? And uh, I caught up with Kef just recently, obviously he's coaching uh, Tonga and saw him in the tunnel and it's one of those ones, you know when you see somebody and I was on the move as you know with TV we were, I was on the move to get our rehearsal done and he was standing outside the changing room and I hadn't seen him for a while uh, and it's when you hear news like that I regret because I was really quite short with him because I, 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 I had to keep moving so I sort of said hey mate how's it going how are you enjoying coaching Good to see you guys taking on the All Blacks. And then the conversation and that could have gone further, but it didn't because I had to go away. And that's those moments where you think, oh, shit, I, I didn't take the time, and I wish I had, when you hear awful situations like what's developed with him since then. So, look, I, I hope that you know, it's awful when his family's involved in well as well. So I hope uh, everything is okay. He pull, pulls through it and, and his family does and everything um, for them is much brighter than the news that we've just heard. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure everyone in uh, the rugby game with the New Zealand echoes those sentiments as well. Our thoughts uh, go out to the whole family. Uh, really, really bad yeah. news. Uh, okay, let's uh, look, uh, Justin, back on something a little bit more uh, favourable in terms of uh, performance, uh, in terms of the All Blacks in particular, 57-22. Uh, Really, uh, two things to talk about. First of all, uh, not very often uh, we commentate an all-black game in this country uh, where half the seats are empty. That's point two, uh, point one. Uh, the other one, of course, uh, was that a true margin for you? Was that a, a deserved 35-point margin? Look, yeah. I think the hard topic we'll have to discuss with Smithy, which the rest of the country are all very well aware of, and I'm, I'm sure there are cities around New Zealand um, and not big cities that could have hosted an all-blacks test match, which would say, well, I'll tell you what, if you'd given it to us, we would have filled the stadium um, twice. And and that's disappointing that Auckland couldn't do that. Uh, yes, I know it's back-to-back, but at the end of the day, this is our premier product in New Zealand. This is the all-blacks. And, and most likely probably the only time that we're going to see the All Blacks again on our soil in, in difficult times for the world. You know, the world does not get uh, their national teams playing in front, uh, having the ability to play in front of full houses. And the fact that we could only get Eden Park half full is a big worry for the All Blacks, Good worry, big worry for New Zealand rugby, and importantly, you know, a city with nearly 2 million people in it, that we couldn't get 40,000 people along to a game. So I'm, I'm, I'm really sort of don't know how to feel about that. Um, and I think the New Zealand Rugby Union, when they make decisions to move test matches, have to think about the ramifications of that when they can't fill a stadium for a, a national side. Um, and, and that's also a bit of a blow for Australia as well, you know. Like, this is a Blairslow Cup, a cup that the All Blacks 
continually bang the drum of it's the second most important trophy to them in their cabinet after the World Cup. And for the, 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 for the, the game that means everything, to, to put that cup back in the cabinet, we, we can only half fill the stadium. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, in, in terms of the game, that, that probably compounds the problem because it was a quality game of rugby. And if you didn't want to be sitting in a seat watching that game of rugby, where else did you want to be? Uh, it was physical. Um, Australia bought intensity. They bought, I guess, a physicality that I didn't think that they would have against a, a particularly an all-black pack that was hardened and, and was a big pack. Uh, they challenged at the breakdown. Um, when they got opportunities in that game to unleash their sort of um, outside backs and Callaway, um, Corabetti and Banks in particular, uh, they showed skill set. They had the ability to offload in the tackle. And yet, like you said, we put them to bed by 35 points. Uh, don't think that the score reflected how good Australia were, but I think it reflected how good and clinical uh, the All Blacks were on the night. They were faultless. They really were. So where is Australia's problem? If, you, if they bring the physicality that's needed at that level, uh, you know, is it their game plan or is it their mentality? I mean, intercept passes are, are you know, they happen, but was that three in two weeks to give the All Blacks tries? Yeah, they gifted them to the game, and, and that doesn't help, particularly when you're, impl- when you're applying pressure yourself. So that, that compounds that. Like what, what, what I tend to do, Smithy, at the end of each game after, after commentary is um, take a screenshot of the stats, and, and I did that at the weekend. And I'm looking at them now on my screen on my phone, and you go down the, go down the stats sheet. Um, look, they, look, they won territory um, 62% to 38 to the All Blacks. They won possession, 55 to 45. Time in opposition, 22. They had eight minutes inside New Zealand's 22, as, as opposed to the All Blacks, who only had three minutes, 30. Um, visits into the 22, they had 13 to only eight by the All Blacks. So when you go down the stats and look at everything, the All Blacks had to make 105 tackles. Australia only had to make 84. Um, so really, you, you think, well, where in that game are you not as effective as the All Blacks? And that's just being clinical, really, because everything that I've just told you shows that they had enough ball, enough territory, enough time inside the opposition's 22 to accumulate points, and they didn't. And that's where they've let themselves down. Now, whether that comes down to a lack of uh, experience with young halves, um, you know, but McDermott had an outstanding game. And Lolliseo, I thought, probably was a lot better than he's ever been against the All Blacks. Uh, I'm not quite sure. So when Dave Rennie sort of breaks that, that down, he's like, well, what are we doing with that ball and how are we using it? Are we doing it effectively? You'd probably have to say they aren't. And there's enough statistics there to show that they're competing in the game. Like the, the biggest thing in rugby is when you sit down and you look at the stats, and you go, oh my God, we were just not in the game. They were a better side. Well, when he looks at those stats, he'll go, not only were we in the game, we, we were effectively doing things better than the All Blacks. Um, you know, when you've got five more minutes inside the opposition 22, and you're 30, what did you say, 33 points away from the All Blacks mm-hmm. on the scoreboard, mm-hmm. something's going drastically wrong. Yep, indeed. Uh, indeed it is, and they've got some real issues to sort through, uh, Dave Rennie and co. Um, perhaps we haven't anymore. We might have answered a couple of questions. Uh, Akira Iwani, Dalton Papali'i, uh, did you see 
them uh, standing out to the the extent that uh, Sam Kane aside, uh, they're pretty cemented in the look. I'm having, a, I'm having a smile, mate, because I know you and I have been driving to the game a couple of times, having conversations about our thoughts on the selections, and uh, Kerry Yuani has been one of those ones. So, and and you know what I've said about um, about him and being selected. So, you know, I'm, you know me, mate. I'm a I'm sort of straight up guy, black and white. That I was unsure about whether he warranted his place. Um, and leading into this test match, I probably would say the same thing, driving to, drive to the game. And I thought that he finally started to show uh, a way that we can really utilise him. And it's the best game I think I've seen him play in, in the all-black jersey. Uh, he, he played in good channels and in, in, in areas that he can be dangerous. And I think the only reason that he can do that is if he's complimented by the guys around him in the loose forwards. I think Papali'i tightened up a bit. I thought he'd got a bit loose and was playing a little bit too wide for an open side. Like, an open side needs to be around that breakdown zone, uh, being niggly, being um, the person that tries to slow down the ball or carry in that zone. And then his role from there, if we've got the ball, is to then be a link player more than a, a carrier. And I thought Papa Lee adjusted to that. I thought Artie played more in the zone where he's dangerous, which is again tighter, which enabled Akira to play wider. So yes, I think we got that balance right. Um, obviously the big talking point leading into test matches whether Rico could play centre well, and we didn't have uh, players playing laterally, which we, we did the week before and compounding the problem because he's, with his speed, is a, is a player that'll take the outside break. Could he play a bit more direct? I thought he was good. He probably only got caught out once in defence where he was a bit tight. Um, and and Will Jordan coming into the mix, I think, uh, added a little bit more of a direct nature into that back line with, a, with McKenzie being a lateral player. So I think, yeah, we got it right. I don't think Fozzie, you know, he didn't make um, changes. He, he stuck with what he's got. He brought Will Jordan in. But apart from that, uh, he stayed true to, to the week before and asked those guys to be accountable and they fronted up and they were very good. They learnt from the week before. Uh, they played tighter, they played direct, they combated the physicality that Australia brought and um, they, I think they deserved their victory because they pounced on absolutely everything that they could. Everything that they created, they pounced on. Everything Australia gave them in terms of intercepts, etc., they pounced on them as well. In your mind then, in the mind of Justin Marshall, does that cement does that cement Ian Foster and his coaching staff now going forward? It's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, I certainly think it shows that they can get when the, when they put their game plan, their strategy uh, into into place, they can get the best out of this team. And I still think this team's got another cog that they can go to, which is good from a perspective that they've just put Australia away by over 30 points. Um, I, I'll be honest, mate, I, I sat down and had a chat with Fozzie on Friday um, at, at the Heritage and, and, and just sort of said, you know, how are you feeling and what direction do you think this team is going in? And he was actually in a good mind space, to be fair. And for somebody that had been under a lot of pressure for two weeks, I was quite refreshed by that. You know, I thought I would see a guy that had his shoulders sort of humped over and, and his head down, but he certainly wasn't portraying that by any means. He was positive. Um, he said, we, 
We didn't play well last week, particularly for 25 minutes. We played well in the second half. He said, I've recognised what we need to do to make some adjustments, and I've done that both individually with players and had a chat to them, and I've done it um, as a group, and I feel that you'll get a, you'll get a reaction. And we got, we got a reaction, didn't we? So this was on the Friday and Saturday. You know, they, they certainly were a different side. Uh, but, look, I, I certainly think that he's got a really good mindset in where he wants to take this team. And I think at this stage, yes, he is the man to take the All Blacks forward. And I think what he needs now, what any coach needs, uh, put yourself in his position. If you're him, what you want is faith. You want belief. And at the moment, the public and the New Zealand Rugby Union haven't given him that. And, and that, that, that makes you feel anxious. I think what he needs is to be given the responsibility, and when you're given that responsibility, I think that'll help the cause. So I certainly think that at this stage he's showing all the signs that he can take this team to a Rugby World Cup and win it, and he certainly has the players to do that. So what we have to start doing as a nation and, 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 and as a union is believing in that. So, I mean, you, you pretty much follow the All Blacks everywhere they go, uh, Justin. What do you think the next six, seven, eight weeks uh, holds for the All Blacks and where? Yeah, it's a, again, it's a, like you said, at the start when we started um, thinking about the crowd at Eden Park, you know, it's unique that we can do what we can do. So the fact that we can't get 40,000 people to come along when the rest of the world can't get anybody at a stadium, you only have to look at what South Africa and the Lions had to face, you know, three test matches in an empty stadium with, with nobody supporting um, the history of the Lions in a, in a historical test match. Um, you know, All Blacks are facing unprecedented times. They've got an amazing, I don't know, three months ahead of them. Like, incredible, the fact that they can play a game in, in Washington, D.C., for God's sakes. Like, that's wicked. Like, I would have loved to have had that on my radar as a player. Um, the ability to get, get tight and go away on a trip to Australia, facing a, a very good side where last time we were there, we lost to Australia in Perth in an amazing stadium. Um but the permutations of it are all unknown, and that's what's hard to get your head around. So I think that that generates also um, a level of excitement because you're never so sure of what's ahead of you. You know, it's a great end-of-year tour with um, Italy, Wales, um, Ireland, and France. Man, how good will France be in Paris? So mm. what I'm trying to say in a nutshell is what's coming up is really exciting for the All Blacks as a group. What's difficult is what they're going to have to face to try and get there, which is the unknown of how long they're going to be away from their family, their friends, um, you know, their children, whatever it might be. Uh, we, we all very well know that there's babies to be born as well in, in periods through there where back in the day with before COVID, you could get on a plane and get back, see the birth of your baby, um, enjoy the experience, get back on a plane and go back to the toy. You can't do that anymore with isolation, quarantine problems. So... While there's massive amount of excitement, there's also trepidation because you just don't know what you're going to face. I think probably what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way, Smithy, is you know this is this is what you do, and you don't do it for long, and you know that you've been to the top in your sport. Um, I'm, I'm lucky that I've been there as well. The time that you get there is very limited, and you've just got to embrace it. Whatever's put in front of you, all you want to do, man, is just put that jersey on, run out, and play for your country, and wherever that might be. And whatever challenges it possesses, the ultimate is to, to be that person because very quickly 
all of a sudden you're you're a Kieran Reid or a Richie McCaw where you've played 130, 40 tests and it's gone. You can't ever get that back. So face the difficulty, get out there and do it because what we've got in the next three months for the All Blacks and, and for us as a country is uh, really exciting. So they've just got to look forward to it and deal with whatever's put in front of them as the best they can. Justin Marshall, uh, thanks very much for your time this morning and those thoughts about uh, the game, uh, the Wallabies, the All Blacks and uh, <clears throat> what I've got ahead and I think those sentiments I echo as well. Uh, you don't want to regret uh, you don't want to regret missing out. It's a, it's a horrible feeling at times. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of things to take into account, but it does appear at the moment that uh, the All Blacks and the Sky commentators, uh, whoever they may be, will be uh, on the road for quite some time going forward, beginning in Perth in just a little while. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.